Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Redefining Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hardy, holistic nutritionist and wellness advisor. And today, we've got a fun one. This was an episode that uh, dived more into the philosophical side of things, as well as the sustainability piece when it comes to food and nutrition. And my guest is the co-founder of a company that specializes in using cricket powder as a staple ingredient to create some really delicious bars, to create smoothie mixes, as well as crackers. And uh, that company is Crickstart, and my friend is Daniel Novak. Uh, Very, very interesting character, and uh, someone with a really balanced and um, well-informed perspective when it comes to food, when it comes to nutrition, and when it comes to sustainability. And so it was a true pleasure to sit down and hear his story, hear more about the background that went into creating this company and the direction that they are taking things, which is a direction that I want to go, right? More connection to our food, more locally sourced ingredients, fewer environmental inputs, fewer environmental resources necessary um, to maintain that optimal level of nutrition and deliciousness, right? Really, really great recipes these guys are using. So I really appreciated that. And we dive into all sorts of things. Um, We talk about, you know, the actual process of farming crickets, what that looks like, um, their philosophy for creating the bars, and really wanting to stay away from dietary dogma and how destructive dietary dogma can be. Uh, We talk about some of Daniel's uh, biggest inspirations and teachers because, you know, he came from a very traditional corporate background and now is making, you know, cricket infused functional foods. So it was really fun to hear uh, what brought him to be doing this work, Um, you know, his philosophy, things he's learned along the way in terms of running a business and particularly a health food business. And uh, yeah, that's that. Before we get into it, I just want to mention that uh, until the end of this month, we have the friends from Perfect Keto, you know, my favorite keto supplements and foods and powders. Uh, They are offering a 20% off discount code. If you go over to the link in the show notes, all of which will be at brianhardy.ca forward slash crickstart, C-R-I-C-K, start. That's where you'll find show notes for this episode, and you will find a uh, perfect keto picture, and you click on that picture or the link, brings you right into their shop and applies the 20% off discount code, which is just my name. And I hope that if you are curious 
about ketogenic diets, about ketogenic supplements that you go over and check them out because they're the best quality that I've found, the cleanest, the most delicious, and they really make it simple to get things like MCT powder, uh, collagen, or straight up exogenous ketone salts into your life. So that is that. I also have links to Amazon and Audible. Those are two uh, companies that, uh, you know, make getting access to all the best stuff a lot easier. And so I appreciate what they're doing. And I have my affiliate links over there at the blog. If you so happen to be visiting Amazon or Audible and want to either get yourself a free Audible trial, which is a fantastic deal, 30 days, free service, free book, even if you don't keep up the service, uh, or if you're just ordering things through Amazon, you click through my link and a little bit of that purchase will go to supporting yours truly. And it is much appreciated. I uh, I have been up at uh, Lisa and Lance Fortin's place. I mentioned them last week in the podcast. I interviewed them. We've been having a grand old time and some really fun and exciting things are going to be coming down in the future. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned on you know social media. If you're not following me on Facebook or Instagram, go ahead and do that. Uh, sharing different types of content across those channels and really wanting to grow the uh, the Facebook group, the Revitalized Performance Facebook group, which you will find if you search Revitalized Performance on Facebook or just message me and reach out or find the link in the show notes. It is all there. So again, I want to thank you for tuning in. And um, yeah, I'm excited. 2018 continues to be a very beautiful year. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are finding that which you need, that which is supporting you along your journey. And if there's any way that I can be of service, please do not hesitate to reach out and to be in touch because I just love to hear people's stories, to see where they're at, and to uh, you know be of service along the way, whether I can point you towards the next step or whether working together is the next step. Uh, I just want to contribute. I just want to make things better and help people to know what optimal health can feel like, You know what health without being plagued by bloating and low energy and brain fog can feel like because that is your birthright as a human being such is my philosophy anywho enjoy this episode with daniel let us know what you thought about it let us know if you've eaten crickets if you've eaten insects if you have incorporated that into your life in any way and i look forward to chatting soon take care and be well Okay, welcome back everybody to another episode of Redefining Reality. This is going to be a good one today, an interesting one, a, uh, a nutritious and delicious one, I imagine. And I've got my friend Daniel Novak on the call. And Daniel is a very interesting cat um, for many reasons, I'm sure. But the reason that I am most familiar is that he is a co-founder of a company called Crick Start. That's C-R-I-C-K start. And uh, they specialize in delicious cricket protein-based products. And um, I got to meet Daniel at the CHFA East show. This was last fall, I believe, in Toronto. And they were sampling their bars and crackers. And uh, I mean, I'm always a big fan of new 
and um, you know fresh ideas, sustainable ideas, and we're seeing you know a big influx in the market with interest and product development in terms of insects, edible insects. And uh, from what I can tell, you guys are really pushing the or, or on the leading edge in terms of quality and taste, and um, that's why I wanted to dive deeper and have you on. So thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is great. Fantastic. And so I definitely need to get some of your backstory and the company backstory, um, you know, because it's not every day, I imagine, that, that people are, you know, uh, starting a business and particularly starting a business around edible insects and cricket protein and, you know, that really um, holistic, sustainable side of nutrition. So I would love to hear how you came to be, you know, in the place you are today and doing the work that you're doing today. Yeah. So interestingly enough, so I never, first of all, I never thought I would ever be where I am right now doing this, uh, in this space. Um, I was working in, believe it or not, investment banking, um, between Toronto and Montreal. Um, you know, long hours, uh, you know, kind of 90 hour weeks, uh, office job. Um, and, uh, I, I liked it. It was fulfilling, um, until it sort of, um, kind of lacked the meaning, I guess I was looking for. Um, and so very fast pace and, and, but very, at the same time, uh, you know, sitting at an office chair for way too many hours. Um, and health and nutrition was always um, a big part of my, my focus. Um, even growing up, playing hockey and everything, I was sort of always the person who's telling people about the latest research and nutrition. And, and I was always sort of self-testing and, and experimenting with a lot of new types of foods um, and just doing a lot of reading about this kind of stuff. And uh, I guess uh, in my third year in banking, I sort of um, looked at or found out about this concept of crickets being farmed for sustainable, complete, you know, high quality protein. Um, and I, I experimented with it. So I, I, I bought some uh, online. And, uh, you know, at first I just, uh, I think the first thing I did was I made a smoothie mix, uh, one morning, I made a smoothie, like a protein shake, uh, in the morning, I took a picture of it. I posted on my Facebook profile and, um, over the next, you know, 24, 48 hours, um, I received just an absolute, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was like an uproar or it's like, it was like a combination of interest and shock and everything in between um but what it came down to was getting a bunch of requests for cricket like foods made with crickets like the people are saying oh so here you're making smoothies with crickets and stuff i said not really i mean i just made one for myself um so anyway it turned into a lot of requests for for these products and i started to uh make them and just kind of sell them at cost uh, just to kind of entertain the idea and, 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 and see how people would react. And, um, the response was incredible. And I was, I was amazed and surprised that, uh, so many people were, were open to the concept, um, and that it sort of pulled people out of their comfort zone 
in a way that they found very, very interesting and very compelling. Um, and that's where it started off. And then, and then just in seeing the level of interest, uh, the people that people were actually willing to pay money for, you know, products made with cricket protein when, you know, when they had the proper information, when you explain to them, you know, how amazing this stuff was from, um, both from a nutritional and environmental perspective, I thought, wow, okay, there's a, there's a real opportunity to turn this into something bigger. And, uh, from there, uh, just started producing, um, bars, essentially like protein bars. Uh, we call them real food bars because they're, they're well-rounded. It's not just about the protein. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of, it went from there and, and started with mom and pop packaging and, and just grew. And then now we're, you know, we last summer, not that long before we, we met actually at CHFA, um, we sort of rebranded, redid our packaging, uh, put a lot of, put a lot into, um, design and 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 the aesthetics of our brand because we think that's very important and um and now we have six products uh under three product lines so we have bars crackers and uh and smoothie mix um and and that's it so and along the way i guess i took partners on um a couple co-founders and uh now we're a team of six people and um you know each person brings a very unique uh, aspect and uh, expertise and it's great to have gone from this you know from just being alone to surrounded by really great people who who know kind know, know all kinds of areas of the business that I I, I don't uh, uh, as much so that's that's pretty much how I got started very cool yeah it's the whole you know scratch your own itch idea right yeah you, you do something for yourself and oftentimes other people you know they have the same need or desire um, exactly. And it just, yeah, it takes on a life of its own. Very cool. Very cool. And I liked what you said there about, you know, real food bars, right? Not just protein bars mm-hmm. because the market is, you know, there's more than enough protein bars already on the market. Most of which are crap, um, you know, full of cheap ingredients, fillers, soy, you know, milk products and all this sort of stuff. Super inflammatory. Exactly. Yeah. And, and just on that, um, I'll, I'll add, um, there's, there's a, there's an obsession with protein, um, at least in the, well, in the marketing world, it's just protein, protein, protein is what's being pushed. Um, and one there's a, I think there's a misunderstanding about the quality of protein that, that, that it is. So not all gram, not all grams of protein are, are created equal. That's the first thing. And the second thing is it's been pushed, uh, you know, I guess to the, to the detriment or the sacrifice of other uh, aspects of nutrition, right. Of, you know, high quality fiber and, and, you know, vitamins, um, very important vitamins. Um, and like you said, sugar packed with refined sugars and, and a bunch of crap. Right. So, and also, a complete lack of healthy fats often. Right. So we've, mm. we've demonized uh, fats for so long and um, you know, larger companies and are, are still largely pushing this concept that, that fats are, are bad. So, so we took a different approach and, and um, we, you know, we'll call them protein bars when that's what people understand but we generally refer to them, like you said, as, as, uh, as real food bars, because sure, they've got a lot of protein. They also have tons of vitamin B12 and, 
and fiber and, and, and iron and calcium and potassium and magnesium. So, um, yeah, that, that definitely, that, that, um, that issue definitely resonates with us. Mm-hmm. What I can tell, I mean, it's clear just from, you know, the samples that I had at the show and seeing the packaging and the flavor combinations, right? So I'm looking just at the bars in particular here. You got the chili chocolate, the cinnamon, cinnamon cardamom, and the lemon lime, which are, um, you know, not the status quo of like chocolate peanut butter or, you know, chocolate almond or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, yeah, we decided to do it a little bit differently. You know, um, the, first of all, we wanted uh, ingredients that, that, that reflected a, a health first focus. So delicious um, is very important to us. It's, um, it's a non-negotiable. Um, but, um, but yeah, we, 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 the ingredients we, we put in are sort of you know, wholesome and, and we wanted the flavor profiles to be just a little bit different, um, stand out, um, and, and also kind of reflect a little bit the, the tradition and background of insect based foods, which are often from, from South America, from Asia, you know, cardamom is, is very, very typical of, of Asian cuisine, of Indian cuisine, um, chili, uh, cocoa, you know, very typical of, Mexico, South America. So there's a bit of kind of cultural exploration in there as well, as opposed to always just, you know, like you said, peanut butter, chocolate, um, or, or vanilla, vanilla something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, which, which I love. I love. Um, and it's great, right? We have, we have access to this multicultural sort of melting pot, um, you know, which Canada itself um, really is a representation of. And so it's, it's awesome to see, you know, Canadian made products that are really uh, paying homage to these cultures and helping to educate people on, you know, uh, different ingredients and their benefits and how delicious these things are uh, when they're combined in the, within the right sort of uh, context and, and quantities. Um, but before we get too, too deep into that, I want to pull back and talk just about crickets themselves, right? As, and you, you mentioned it before in terms of, you know, protein quality. Um, and I'd like to break that down for people who might not have the same nutritional understanding, right? In terms of like complete versus incomplete and what, uh, what crickets bring to the table, um, as well as some of the minerals that, uh, that I've heard and that I've seen are present in crickets or insect protein um, that can be really beneficial for someone who might be following more of, you know, a vegetarian template, but doesn't want to eat meat. Um, I wonder if you can just speak to that for a little bit. Yeah. So in terms of the complete uh, versus incomplete, so it has to do with, um, with amino acid profile. So, um, so cricket protein like animal proteins, um, is, uh, and it technically is an animal protein. We often get asked that question. Um, and so it's got all nine essential amino acids. So these are the amino acids that the body cannot produce itself. Um, the other amino acids can be produced by the body. And so they don't need to be consumed through diet necessarily. Um, so the nine essential amino acids are necessary for all metabolic processes. Um, 
you know, muscle repair, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so very important to get those, those complete, that complete profile of amino acids. Um, it's not that you cannot get uh, those nine essential amino acids from plant-based proteins. You can, um, but it will often take a combination of different proteins to, to get there. Um, and there are some plant proteins that are, that are more complete than others. Um, so that's on the, on the protein front. And then you have, um, and I should say also that, that our bars or crackers and all our products are a combination. So, uh, it's not for us, it's not this protein versus that protein. It's, it's a healthy combination and a healthy balance, um, and variety. That's what we believe in. So our products are made with, with seeds and seed butters and, you know, um, uh, veggies and, and fruits and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then, so on the, um, on the vitamin side, I guess the most notable one would be vitamin B12. So vitamin B12 is only available from animal sources. So you won't find any vitamin B12 um, in, a, in a natural plant-based diet. There isn't any vitamin B12. So B12 would, would need to be um, added through supplementation. Um, or, in fact, there's some evidence that some vegan cultures like, um, like India, for instance, uh, traditional vegan cultures, uh, were getting vitamin B12 from insects actually being on, um, on plants. Um, and then through processing and, and, you know, not the modern industrial techniques we have now for cleaning um, our, our plants, our vegetables, uh, and pesticides. Um, those, those insects would kind of remain and actually get consumed and contribute a good amount of vitamin B12. So um, there's, there's some research on that. It's, it's, it's not, um, we're not talking about a huge amount of peer-reviewed research, but, uh, but it's interesting to, it, it would actually be interesting to dig further into that. Um, and, then, uh, and then you have, you know, uh, you have iron, you have calcium, you have potassium, um, that are that are very high in crickets as well, and so uh, we often say to give it some sort of comparison um, in terms of B12, it's like seven times higher than than salmon in terms of weight. And salmon would normally be the highest you would you'd find in your diet uh, or seafood in general. Uh, and then iron, it's got as much iron as spinach, it's got as much calcium as milk, uh, and it's got as much potassium as as bananas. Uh, in fact, more. So, um, so really just packs tons of nutrition um, and it can be used in a very, in a very sort of versatile, flexible way and integrate into different foods. So um, we like to think of it as a, as a fortifier. So our, our products are not 100% cricket, but they add very important nutrients to, to otherwise already healthy products. Well, yeah, and they do so in a way that is actually going to be, you know, absorbable by the body, right? So many times you'll see, exactly. you know, fortified rice milk or fortified, you know, bread, but they're just taking what's just synthetic vitamins, right? Um, or even dairy, you know, fortified with vitamin D and they're using vitamin D too. And it's like, it's not even a, you know, biologically active form of the vitamin. Um, right. We, we, yeah, I've heard, you know, evidence that um, especially the minerals, the added like metal oxides, for instance, that they'll add um, like magnesium, iron, et cetera, are, 
are uh, are much harder to absorb than than naturally occurring um, uh, minerals, for instance. And yeah, definitely a lot of truth in that. So we're big believers in in it coming from a natural source. Hmm. Yeah. And then I just wanted to um, clarify something because you had mentioned India, right? In terms of a vegan culture, as far as I know, they're more vegetarians, right? And that they have dairy, right, in the diet, ghee, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I guess India being uh, an aggregation of so many different cultures. Um, Mm-hmm. My my assumption, or at least my understanding, is that within within India traditionally, you've had you've had different you know, uh, I guess you've 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 had diets along the spectrum, um, from from totally vegan to to actually um, omnivorous, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and vegetarian probably being the most common. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. So I, I love this. I love this. You know, it's like. Uh, using something which unfortunately you know a lot of western culture you know for whatever reason people think oh we're above eating insects it's like that's for mm-hmm. you know peasants or poor people or whatever um but yeah for sure there's some irony there right because um it's i guess because of our wealth um you know broadly speaking that that we can we can afford to um you know, have industrial, industrial farming and, 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 and animal rearing um, of animals like, like cattle and, and, um, and, uh, and swine and, and chickens. And, um, and of course, these, these forms of industrial called, uh, you know, agriculture and animal rearing are having huge, a huge impact on our, on our environment. Um, not just our environment in the in the West, but but globally, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of feed consumption, in terms of greenhouse gas emissions like methane, for instance, um, and and so on. So, uh, you know, the irony there is that through wealth, we're actually you know more capable of of, of damaging uh, the environment and of overconsuming, et cetera. And that's not to say that um, we put a lot of emphasis on the fact that we are not um against the consumption of meat i am not a vegetarian for instance um and 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 strictly speaking eating crickets is not technically vegetarian um but what we really believe in is sort of a balanced diet right so i definitely eat a lot less meat um than i used to i don't buy red meat anymore um i don't refuse to eat it when it's when it's served for dinner um but you know it's i've balanced out my sources of of protein and of other nutrition significantly over the last uh you know number of years um and i feel better and i you know and and it's nice to know that it it's it's a reduced impact on the environment i, I think if everyone um made some adjustments like that i think they'd find uh something similar uh but yeah we 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 never want to be lecturing people about um, about their diet because it just it will never have a positive impact. Um, it's just people do not respond well to being told you know what to do and, and what's bad and what's right. Mm-hmm. So so we just sort of say, look, this is our philosophy. We're offering um, 
products that provide the same, uh, if not superior quality of nutrition um, that, that needs to come from animal sources, but it's coming from a source that's extremely low impact, um, you know, consumes very, very small amount of resources and um, without sacrificing that, that nutrition, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. And I'm with you. I'm with you. And one of the people who has really informed my thinking, um, the guy named Daniel Vitalis, I'm not sure if you okay. are familiar no, with him. Yeah. So he has the rewild yourself podcast, phenomenal, phenomenal podcast. And he's talked about entomophagy, right. Or, or the eating of insects quite a bit. And, um, and his whole thing is, you know, to be a conscious omnivore, not to be a mm-hmm. vegan or paleo this or, you know, primal that or have all these labels around our nutrition plans, but just to be aware, right? And to source things as sustainably, as locally as possible um, and to see the bigger picture of sort of human nutrition and life on the planet and ecology, right? And how we're interfacing with ecology, which is that sustainability piece. Um, and I'd love Absolutely. to hear, I'd love to hear more about, you know, exactly how a, a, like you guys go about getting, you know, the cricket powder or the, or the, or the crickets themselves. And are these coming from, you know, uh, farms in Canada or farms in the States or farms, you know, wherever. And like, what is the actual farming and production Mm -hmm. of crickets for food um, look like in terms of, um, you know, sort of the start to finish uh, resource input chain as it were. Yeah, so we source our, our cricket powder in, in Canada, um, <clears throat> specifically from, um, from Entomo Farms in Ontario at this point. Um, and they're, you know, an amazing operation. Um, essentially, cricket farming, to guess, start from, from the beginning and, and where all this, all this sort of started is, is um, the UN released a report in, um, I guess it was around 2013, that was called um, something like Eating Insects, Future Prospects for Global Food Security. Um, and, um, and, and this sort of motivated um, the industry and kickstarted the industry that, we are, that we're currently seeing right now of, of insect farming um, for human consumption and of also brands like ourselves that are that are taking the raw ingredient and integrating it into into products that you know the average person is more likely to consume than whole insects that are sort of um uh i guess uh, you know in their in their original form um so it's it's really a partnership between those farming the insects um and doing that kind of groundwork um and, and us who are, you know, more downstream, uh, more sort of probably more active in, in, in the marketing of the, of the end product to the consumer and of getting them in stores and, and, of, and of telling the story and, and so on and so forth. Um, and um, well, we're all involved in, of course, telling the story. And this is a exciting industry that everyone is, is contributing to. Um, but to, uh, to get back to the question, uh, essentially, um, so in Ontario, these, these farms are, this farm is essentially, uh, you know, it looks like very large barns um, that um, essentially um, section off uh, crickets by their stage of maturation. 
Um, so they'll live to be about seven weeks and they're harvested at the, at the very end of their, their, their natural life cycle at, at full maturity. Um, and it's essentially a free range environment. So people kind of find that funny when we, when we say that, but it, <laughs> it, it really is. So it's, it's um, the, the technique is called cricket condos. And so the, the crickets can, they're, they're naturally a swarming species, meaning they, 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 they naturally thrive um, and like to be in tight quarters um, and in darkness, actually. So people will often compare or have this natural tendency to want to compare them to mammals um, and assume that insects somehow would, would, would want or thrive in the conditions that mammals would, and, and that's not the case, right? So, so in the case of crickets, um, they, they, they need to have access to those tight, confined spaces. Um, so the cricket condos provide that, uh, provide that environment for them. And as well, there's essentially feed and water that they, that they always have access to. So they, they'll, they'll burrow deep inside the condos and then they'll come out um, for feed and water, um, you know, for essentially within a, within a very open, large uh, environment. So they sort of hop from one piece station to the next. Um, and, and that's it. And, and, um, it's an environment that is, that is ideal, frankly, from, um, from a developmental standpoint and, um, and, uh, that's it. And then they're harvested, uh, at seven weeks and, um, they're essentially roasted, um, and they're then milled into a fine powder and that's, and that's when we use it. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, it's nice that some of the, you know, the dark side of animal agriculture actually turns out to be ideal for, for insects um, in terms of con sure. confined spaces. So that's fantastic to, to hear. And um, yeah, from what I understood, they're closer to like a, I think what's the family, like an arthropod, like a shrimp almost, or like exactly. a, exactly. So arthropod like a, is, would be the, I guess it's called the phylum which is mm -hmm. like a, a broad, so I think you have family, class, and then phylum. So they're in the same, they are like shrimp and lobster and other crustaceans, crabs, et cetera. They are arthropods. And so they share a lot of the same characteristics and the same origin. So um, in fact, if you're allergic to uh, shrimp or, or crustaceans in general, um, there's a chance you're allergic to cricket uh, protein as well um, because they're so similar. So, so yeah. Very cool. And then I imagine, you know, similarly to um, when you talk about beef, for instance, right. And the difference in the end product and the quality on a free range, you know, grass fed and finished cow versus a uh, industrially raised, you know, corn and GMO grain fed cow. So um what exactly are the crickets being fed? I mean, if you even know, yeah. or if that's like yeah, a absolutely, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, interestingly enough, we, um, as far as we know, we're the first um, insect-based food brand um, to be using organic um, organic crickets only. So we are, uh, interestingly enough, in 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 um, in working with Intel Farms. Um, there's uh, these crickets essentially that we are sourcing are only consuming organic feed. Um, and so again, like 
almost eye rolly from a from a sort of uh you know uh people saying all right not only doing crickets but you're doing like certified organic and gluten-free and all this kind of stuff. So we we've got we've got more than enough buzzwords to to even fit on our packaging um, <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean it was important to us and and we we for instance we it's you know it's more expensive of course right when you want to go organic but uh we wanted to appease or preempt any question any possible doubts or questions like for instance uh, people asking you know are they full of pesticides or you know this and that and and we have a simple answer to that it's like no it's organic and it's you know it's very wholesome feed and um and, and that's it so um in terms of what they actually consume um it's a combination of you know you have alfalfa sprouts you have flax in there you have oats um you have corn and you have soy but again there um again there's that tendency to think of them as mammals um where for instance um cows certainly do not thrive on corn and soy Mm-hmm. Um, whereas insects, crickets, for instance, are very versatile omnivores themselves. And so they, uh, do very well on those kinds of, uh, ingredients. And, um, and, you know, you can just look at, um, you can just look at the evidence, right? You could just look at the health of, um, the health, the survival rate of, uh, of insects or animals to know whether the, the, the diet they're being fed is, is healthy for them or not. Right. And so, um, you know, the evidence in mammals that they don't thrive well in, in the conditions that, uh, that they live in industrial farming is, is very obvious for, for many reasons. Um, uh, you know, use of, of antibiotics, for instance, not necessarily in Canada where I understand that's, um, that's actually not allowed, but, um, in the States, for instance, the use of antibiotics, uh, among other, you know, additives is, is an, is a, you know, evidence that, that clearly there's a problem with their, with their diet and their living conditions. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in the case of crickets, um, you know, these ingredients are not only widely available locally, um, but they also, um, but the crickets also thrive on them. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. And, and, um, so it's a it's a very varied combination of of ingredient and it and it's and it's ground up into a in, into a powder to make it more uh you know easier to consume for them very cool very cool yeah that sounds like a nice little mix yeah. and um yeah it just played in my head as you were talking there you know as to why uh insects are such a nutrient dense um option Right, because compared, and, and I always tell people when I, whether I'm working with them one on one or we're just chatting, that you know if you're going to eat you know uh, beef for instance, then you want to you know every now and then be having some organ meat, whether that's liver, heart, kidneys, what have you, mm-hmm. as well as bone broth. Right, so you're getting the right. whole sort of spectrum from the animal, um, but that can take a lot of work to prepare bone broth and to prepare organs and try and put them into some sort of recipe that's palatable. Whereas something like this, it's fantastic. They're just, the whole thing is roasted and, you know, either had whole or ground up. Um, so whereas it would be exactly. very, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm just seeing, you know, whereas it would be very hard and pretty disgusting to try and like roast and grind a whole mammal 
Um, yeah, and that's why they, <laughs> and that's why um, you know, there's so much of 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 mammals, for instance, like, like cattle, that is um, thrown out or not used for food. And so, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know, everyone knows, and having heard, um, I'm not sure around what year it was where everyone just all of a sudden found out what was in hot dogs. Um, but, uh, I remember as a kid, it's just like, wait, what? And, um, you know, not to mention food coloring and all kinds of other additives, but, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing from a, from an environmental perspective or even from a health perspective, right? Even though as a kid, I was disgusted by the, by the idea of what was going into hot dogs. Um, but anyway, generally speaking, there's, there's a lot, there's a large amount of waste. Um, mm-hmm. It's not to say that a lot of the bar- byproducts from, um, from you know, animal rearing is not going towards other industries. For instance, pharmaceutical industry, um, cosmetics industry, you know, apparel industry are making use of some of these these byproducts. But generally speaking, there's quite a bit of waste. Um, in the case of, um, of crickets, 100% of the of the insect is used so for food. Um, you know, there's not there's nothing that's thrown away. Um, and that includes the, the exoskeleton, for instance. And the exoskeleton is made, out of something, made of something called chitin, just spelled C-H-I-T-I-N. Um, and it's the same thing that, it, that makes up the, the exoskeleton of crustaceans. So for instance, lobster shell is made up of chitin, um, but it'd be too hard to, you know, to consume in the case of lobsters. Uh, you'd, you'd break your teeth on it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but in the case of crickets, it's a, it's a much softer exoskeleton that can be very easily milled. Um, and this, uh, this fiber uh, is, is known to be a, essentially a prebiotic fiber, which, which feeds the probiotic bacteria in your gut. Um, and we're just getting to know the, 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 the positive effects of, of chitin. Um, still a lot of more research needs to be done, but essentially, um, as, as far as the research uh, points to right now, uh, it's, it's a very healthy, uh, prebiotic, uh, fiber. And so again, there, it's this idea that it's not just about the protein, it's about everything that goes with it. Um, you know, same thing for vitamin B12. Um, uh, if you were simply extracting the protein from the crickets, you wouldn't be getting all this vitamin B12. So, um, so there's a lot of value in kind of just, you know, using the entirety uh, of the, of the insect um, or just of the resource in general. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it does touch back on that sustainability piece, right. And where we're, where it seems we're going to have to go, which is more whole foods, um, probably simplifying our, our supply chains to a degree, or at least shortening the distance from start to finish um, and going as local as possible, right? Just because of all, all of the inputs and all of the resources and all of the, the factors, whether health or economic even, yes. right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and on that, um, I'll add, you know, we, we source locally in Canada and, and we're selling our products in Canada right now. And and, and soon in the US, but we're talking about, um, you know, broadly speaking, a very local ecosystem, um, very local sourcing. Um, we've already been approached from, you know, buyers in, 
in other parts of the world and we're always sort of like you know you, you don't want to defeat the purpose of the of the the environmental benefits um of insects by transporting your products you know halfway around the world so if for instance we had an opportunity to to sell products um somewhere else ideally we would we would source it um we would source it locally um as to not uh you know have to ship product halfway around the world to get to the end consumer which just doesn't necessarily make that much sense um but that said there's also a level of efficiency that's reached through scale where you know just standard economies of scale um you know, uh, at a certain size of production, you are using less resources per, um, per, you know, unit of output. So you're using less water, less energy, you know, less feed, etc. Um, because sometimes when it's too small scale, there can be a certain level of, of waste. So, um, so, so we do believe in scaling up um, but that doesn't mean becoming a, an international conglomerate that's shipping our products, you know, halfway around the world to, to the end consumer. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, again, so it's, but it's, it's a complex sort of um, concept a little bit. So what we think is, is insects present huge potential for micro farming, for instance, if, if that micro farming is going to lead to micro consumption locally where it is farmed so for instance if you're farming you know crickets in your basement or in your backyard and you're consuming it locally or within your neighborhood you know with your with your neighbors it becomes a very you know sustainable local ecosystem with very little food miles um, but for instance the concept of having um, you know hundreds of points of production uh, to ship it to one central location to then produce products with it, that doesn't necessarily make that much sense, right? So mm -hmm. it's kind of each situation needs to be um, considered or looked at critically for what exactly it is, right? So, um, so yeah, it's just a question of thinking about it um, logically, really. <laughs> yeah, and and nuanced, right? And and knowing that there's, you know. Um, many ways that things can go, but then, you know, what makes the most sense while still making sense economically and still, you know, supporting this, this initial vision, right? So I can really exactly. pre appreciate exactly. that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And then in terms of who are the types of people that you guys are finding are, are interested in the product, are buying the product, are enjoying the product? Like, what is that person think about value, uh, I'd love to sort of just understand more about that because I still do see a bunch of people who they're like, eh, I'm not really there yet. Like they, mm -hmm. it's kind of yeah. cool, but yeah. they're like, eh, they don't feel, they don't feel compelled to have to add insects into their diet just yet. Yeah. Yeah. So when we started off, we had this, um, we had this idea that our consumer would be, uh, you know, an urban millennial kind of trendy millennial. Um, and you know that that like 80 percent plus of our market would be that um and it turns out that's not the case um our consumers our, our customers are very diverse in terms of background gender age 
it's uh, you name it. Um, and we were really surprised to see that. Um, as soon as we start to look for a pattern in terms of who was buying our products, we were proven wrong. So, um, and, and the, the easiest way to see that is when you're in person. So when you're at, uh, when you're at shows, for instance, we were at the um, Royal Winter Fair in, in Toronto in November 2017, this past fall. And um, we're just amazed at, at the different reactions you get. And also people who, who would, you know, seemingly are very similar, um, best friends, um, husband, wife, um, you know, brother, sister, brother, brother would come up to our, to our booth. And, and one is thinking it's, you know, the best idea ever and super cool and just pops a sample into their mouth and starts chewing. And is like, this is amazing. Whereas the other was like utterly disgusted. Um, and, and, and like runs away covering their eyes. I'm I'm talking about a, you know, seven-year-old, not a, not an adult in that case, Mm -hmm. but, um, but, or, 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 you know, a couple girlfriends and and one is just daring the other to, to try it. And she's completely horrified. And, and whereas the other one is completely nonchalant, uh, and, and, you know, uh, has absolutely no issue with it. So it's, um, it's really, it's really interesting to see. Um, the other interesting thing is, um, is, is seeing the, the, the evolution of how people will think about it. For instance, if you convince them to try it, um, they'll try it. And the second they've tried it, they think it's absolutely no big deal anymore. Um, and it's, they, it just, they quickly overcame that barrier and they look back on it and they kind of think, okay, why did I think it was that much of a big deal? And in a way, to be honest, that's, that's how it was for, for me. And that's how it was for, for all of my, my partners in this business. That's, that's how we all approached it at first. We grew up, you know, being told you're not supposed to eat insects or that's just not something you eat. Um, and we came a long way very quickly in going from, you know, this is, that's really strange to like, no, it's kind of weird. Not too keen. And then, trying it and being like, wow, you know, there really is nothing to that. And, and then having a hard time remembering what it was like to think it was strange. Right. So mm-hmm. we see that evolution in people very quickly and that's, that's very promising to us. And, and that's actually one of the things that motivates us the most is, is, um, is kind of opening minds uh, to it um, one after the other. And um, we, we think that that, that process is is very powerful not not just um specifically related to eating insects but it's it's getting someone or encouraging someone to get out of their comfort zone and explore something new that has a lot of potential for for our society for for our health and for our environment so we think like one of the philosophies we hold as a, as a company is that solving big problems um requires opening our minds and and that's just that's not just about food that's about anything and so that's kind of very core to our to our mission and to our our sort of company ethos you know um but uh anyway i digress a little bit from the question but uh yeah that's um you know our 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 customers are are very diverse and um 
you know, one more example I'll give is, is my grandmother, for instance, my grandmother's 95. And, uh, the first time I, uh, you know, I told her about what I was doing and, and uh, I, and she said, you know, she said, can I try? That was one of her first questions. So I brought her a bar and she just, you know, took a bite right away. And, 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 uh, she said, Oh, this is, this is great. And this makes so much sense. And that was her response, you know, and she's 95. So, um, so that if there's nothing, you know, if that doesn't tell us then uh, that, that, uh, that it's about, uh, something more than external appearance or age or whatever, then, then I don't know what will. Right. So. Very cool. Very cool. And yeah, as you were, as you were sharing there, right. The whole idea, cause I agree that, you know, um, and it reminds me of the saying, you know, the fastest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. But I think, I think that can be extrapolated to, you know, um, you know, one of the best ways to change someone's mind is through food and is through the belly and is through, you know, nourishing, nourishing somebody and literally providing new information, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what, that's what you're doing, right? With these new ingredients, new concepts, uh, different traditional um, and historical sort of context as to how these have been consumed, why they've been consumed, um, and really normalizing that, right? So we can see, okay, in, again, in the broader human picture, this is a very normal thing, right? Um, Absolutely. And, and you know, um, obviously we have, a, we have an arsenal of, of arguments and of uh, marketing lines to try to get people to, to try it the first time, right? We, um, you know, we mention 2 billion people globally eat insects regularly as part of their diet. Um, you know, that's, that's just under a third of the, of the global population, um, you know, and, and in some 80 countries, um, then we have crickets are arthropods, just like crustaceans are, they're like little land shrimp, you know? And mm -hmm. so there's all these sort of similarities where, you know, you, you get a person to say, Oh wait, when you think of it, I love lobster and lobster just looks like a giant insect from the ocean. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is a lobster? It's a, it's a bottom feeding massive bug that lives, you know, in the ocean. And so um, it's got antennas. It's got, uh, it's got these big eyes. It's a bug, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's, it's when you, can point out the sort of, um, I guess, subjectivity and, and, and um, preconceptions um, that, that we all have. Um, it's it sometimes, you know, a lot of the time will actually get people thinking, okay, you're right. I mean, that's really not so different from, from what I already consume. And, and clearly this is something that is, that is not new, that has been consumed for millennia. Uh, around the world and 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 you know that often pushes people over the edge to to try um, and then of course you have people who will just absolutely not you know um, you know even touch it and 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 will walk away and that's fine right you can't you can't convince everyone and, and uh, like I said before we we never want to be in the position of, of somehow lecturing or or, or um, you know we 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 try to convince and pull people in just enough, but never enough to, to sort of be, you know, pushy or, or annoying or, or, you know, um, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I'm sure we've all had you know experiences with friends or family who you know they get turned on to something and they think it's the greatest thing in the world and you got to try it or you know you're a bad person if you don't try it or whatever it is and and you're right it just it just reinforces people's positions and exactly and, uh, reinforces those barriers which which are you know counterproductive so I mean I love what you guys are doing and really breaking down barriers bringing more balance and nuance to the nutrition and the farming conversation because it's definitely you know that's that's what I'm all about with my work and it's definitely where we need to go I think as a species um, mm-hmm. to create something that's you know nourishing and sustainable for you know the longer term yeah that's right and um, just to, just to end on that I um, I think we're we're at an interesting time where there's what's what's very positive about the time we're in is is it's a it's a time of a lot of awareness and a lot of sharing of information um and of increasing consciousness about everything that it is we're doing um to the environment to ourselves um you know uh even politically uh there's so much more inform availability of information and 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 quickly, right? Um, but I think also, like, what our topic is very much at the core of is, is this idea that, you know, progress doesn't come through seeing things one way, or of forcing your opinion on, on other people, or, or of sort of adopting an extremist, um, sort of, you know, our way or the highway type of, uh, of approach. And, and we find ourselves like quite a bit at odds with the, the, I, I don't want to say the vegan movement. I would say the, the more extreme vegan movement. So yeah, for instance, the, the dogmatic vegans, the, the dogmatic vegan movement where veganism is an absolute religion. And, mm-hmm. you know, the abolitionists, for instance, strain or or you know part of of veganism and and we had our facebook page for instance you know absolutely attacked by um by a group of abolitionist vegans who started writing nasty comments and swearing at our customers and just doing all kinds of stuff and you know we have to deal with it like a like a responsible company i mean we have to you know make sure that everyone's respectful and we have to delete certain comments and uh and we don't want to, you know, like internet trolls are, are trolls, you know, and they come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, we've had people on the other end of the spectrum saying, you know, you're not going to take away my meat. Like, uh, what are you doing? You know, so it's, it's, it's <laughs> ironic because we're, we're sort of in this awkward middle where, where people uh, who, you know, think we're trying to take away their beef. Um, and then you have some people, you know, saying that we're, um, we're subjugating an entire species to, you know, torture and, and whatnot. So it's, you know, again, it, it's um, our reaction to that is, you know, we respect your position. Um, we completely do. Um, but, um, but progress is, is going to come from making incremental improvements. And, and we believe this is a, a huge one. And, um, and, and we just find it, um, really just disappointing that, um, that you have within our, our sort of food, um, 
within our food, how would I say, uh, lobbyist movement, uh, these extremist views and approaches that really just turn off uh, or are a huge turn off to the, to, to, you know, 99% of the public. Uh, and what it causes is a certain form of, um, I think, apathy, to be honest, um, where, where the general public just says, you know what, screw you, like, I'm going to do my thing. Um, and so we want to be very cognizant of not being a part of that uh, sort of movement and just saying, hey, continue doing what you're doing. Um, and this is just maybe something that fits within your diet uh, once a week or whatever. Um, it's a it's an incremental improvement both for for your health and the environment we believe and so we encourage you to to be a part of the movement and and so we think it's that kind of open openness and open conversation that is more likely to lead to to progress than um than than otherwise yeah i'm so with you i'm so with you there and um yeah like i said it's it's refreshing it's refreshing to to chat and to hear your take on this and to hear um, you know, how much thinking is going into this because it's not a very common thing from what I've seen, right? People are either uh, jumping on bandwagons and just trying to, you know, whether it's to start some sort of a gluten-free vegan something just because of a business opportunity or just because, you know, they saw one documentary and now they think that's the answer to world peace. Um, so I love this. I love the nuance. I love the consciousness and I love the the balanced approach that you guys are taking. Mm -hmm. um, it's really refreshing to see. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, in closing, I have a few last little questions. The first is, you know, you've shared a lot with us today. I think you've probably taught the audience. You've definitely taught me some things. And uh, I would love to hear three resources or teachers or you know, things that have, uh, that have impacted your, your thinking, your direction in life that you might offer to the listeners? That's a very good question. Um, uh, just in general, you mean? Like, um, yeah, I mean, it could be nutrition or business related. It could be just life, personal philosophy, just things that have had an impact. So I would say for sure... Um, so I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss. Um, I don't know if you know Tim Ferriss. Uh, and um, at one point, I listened to a, a podcast called an In, In Between Episode, which is essentially a short monologue. Mm -hmm. um, and it was about uh, being a jack of all trades. And um, the idea uh, that he was he was presenting was that um, specialization and like hyper specialization can lead to a lot of you know incremental wealth accumulation over life. Um, you get better and better at one really particular part of law or finance or nutrition or psychology or whatever. Um, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's where our society is more and more leading us. Um, but that being a jack of all trades, uh, let's say, of diversifying the types of, you know, knowledge you're acquiring, expertise you're acquiring, skills, um, and work that you're doing is very, very fulfilling. Um, and that it's, 
not like the the saying that of jack of all trades master of none is not necessarily true in the sense that you can you can acquire most of the competencies um, that are necessary to being good at something without necessarily acquiring a hundred percent of those competencies or being you know absolutely world class um, and that's something that i've that that may, i think had a huge impact on me and and i was um i think it was around the time where I was considering leaving my job um in in investment banking, which is one of those very very specialized um jobs where you you do get paid a lot um with a ton of sacrifice um and it sort of hit a chord uh immediately and um sort of eased uh, the idea that uh yeah you may be giving up um financial gain but um with um with the amazing benefit of 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 learning new things and of having new experiences literally every day um and doing new things that you never thought you'd do and meeting people you never thought you would meet um as opposed to kind of staying down a path that uh would have surely led to wealth uh but not necessarily happiness right so um and that's not true for everyone because for some people uh continuing down that path of specialization is is you know extremely pleasurable and they absolutely enjoy it um but that wasn't my case so so i think i think that was one of the main uh resources so i, I would definitely recommend that that little in between episode called being a jack of all trades by tim ferris um what else? Um, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, this, in, in referring to our own industry, I think I would invite everyone to go look at um, the, the UN report or the FAO report, Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN, um, called Eating Insects, uh, Future Prospects for Global Food Security. That um, document, it's a 200 page document. It's actually more of a book than anything. Um, had a huge impact on what I'm doing right now. Um, to see that you had uh, an in international body that committed itself to deeply researching the, the origins, um, background, prevalence of, of consumption of insects around the world. Um, and, and having the, to be honest, the, the guts to, uh, to publish something like that and put it out there. Um, you know, I think is very, is, is, is commendable. And um, anyway, so I would recommend definitely checking out that report. Um, and uh, now what else? Um, I guess um, it's not so much a, um, I guess it's not so much a, a um, something I can refer people to uh, because it's not publicly available uh, information, but it's, it's something I think my parents, taught me which is um to be transparent and um and i guess show integrity above above all else and not to get all all you know kumbaya and cheesy or anything but uh but that generally in situations um you know showing that integrity and showing that transparency even way when it may not appear to be in your immediate interest um is very beneficial to everyone including yourself in the 
medium to long term and, and usually shows itself uh, or, or proves itself to be that way very quickly. Um, so I think, I think that's, uh, that's always been my approach and that's our approach as a company as well is, is, is be transparent. Um, you know, don't try to hide things. Um, and just sort of, uh, when it comes to food specifically, um, part of that is, is, you know, making something that you would want to consume yourself. Um, and, you know, don't go, uh, produce something, don't produce a piece of industrial crap food, um, just because it's cheaper. Um, and just because you can trick, I don't know how many people into, into thinking it's healthy. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that resonates with people because I think for a very long time, um, they've been exposed to this industrial food system that is, has kind of violated the trust of, of many people. Um, how many ingredients can you kind of hide in there or, or how much BS can you, can you pack into a product? So, you know, it's definitely not, uh, the path to the, to the, to the highest margins, um, you know, very quickly, but it's, it's an approach that we are, that, that makes us just satisfied and, and happy about what we're doing. Um, and it's also a lot more practical that I'm happy to grab one of our own bars and, and eat it while I'm on the road. Um, because it would be, it'd be pretty, um, it'd be pretty unfortunate if I wouldn't want to eat my own product. So, um, so anyway, that's a very long winded answer to your question, but I guess those would be the sort of three, um, or at least three kind of guiding principles or resources that, that came to mind. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate those. Tim Ferriss has, has likewise been a big inspiration and sort of virtual mentor for myself. And um, yeah, the integrity piece, man, it's so, so, so important. And, you know, to be able to go to bed at night and feel good in your guts and your bones and your soul about what you're putting out there and contributing to is, you know, you can't, you can't buy that. Um, so that's, that's fantastic to hear. Um, and it was funny because I was at a, a sort of a business networking event one time and the guy was saying how, you know, being real and honest and, and generous is, is literally, you know, contributing to the goodwill line of your balance sheet. And I hadn't ever yeah. thought of it like that, but it's so true, right? And because, you know, relationships are everything um, and you want to have, you know, healthy, thriving relationships where people trust you and, and value what you're doing, then it's something to, to always keep, right? Always keep at the forefront so that we're not uh, compromising ourselves for short-term gain. Um, or Yeah, or and you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I think there is a there is a one particular resource that comes to mind in that sort of train of thought. Uh, and it's a book by, by Sam Harris called lying. Um, so I highly recommend it's a very, very short read. Um, it's essentially on why you shouldn't lie. Um, even when it's about telling people very negative things. Um, and it's to be taken with a grain of salt. I think like anything you, you read or any information you consume, but uh, very thought provoking for sure. Um, and okay. definitely just ties into everything we, we just discussed. Beautiful. I'll link that up for sure. Okay. A couple of quick other questions. What is one thing 
you are currently or have recently let go of? Let go of. Um, uh, nice salary, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's it. I mean, that's the most meaningful thing I've, I've let go of was, you know, job security and, and, a, and, a, and a very nice salary. Okay. And then when I say recently, I mean within the last two years, you know? Yeah. 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 Very cool. Okay. And then last final little question here before we uh, point people towards your guys online uh, homes and places they can find out more. But um, when you hear the term redefining reality, what does that bring up inside you? Hmm. Well, I guess it's um, what I would say to that or what it immediately brings up in me, and I hadn't thought about it very much before you, you asked the question, um, is that we kind of redefine reality every day. Um, every, like we constantly hold assumptions. We can't prevent ourselves from holding assumptions constantly about all kinds of things like expectations, um, what other people are thinking, you know, uh, how you'll perform, um, you know, whatever state of affairs. Um, I think we constantly redefine it on a, on a continual basis. Um, and I think that's the process of, learning and growing i guess as a as a person and a human being is is about constantly redefining uh reality and um i don't interpret it as like redefining your reality as in changing yourself because reality is reality um so yeah i guess i, I see it as the the natural cycle of constantly evolving and learning and and um adapting um that's uh that that's how i see it beautiful well thank you man thank you it's, this has been a real pleasure a real treat likewise and, um for people who are interested to find you guys online or in store or get some you know get a taste of these delicious products and bars what are or where can we send them rather yeah, so you can check out uh, crickstart.com, um, C-R-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T.com. And then, you know, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, wherever you can think of searching us um, um, on is, uh, is, is just Crickstart. So C-R-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T. Um, yeah, would love for you guys to, to follow us on, on social media and just stay part of the, the, the conversation. and. Um, and yeah. Beautiful. And for people that are, um, maybe they're still a bit on the fence. I just want to break down and share just a little, this is the, uh, the summary for the cinnamon and cardamom. Cause that was definitely the one that stood out for me in terms of just taste and deliciousness. Mm -hmm. And what it says here is a diffusion of cinnamon and cardamom for a unique aromatic flavor approaching that of chai, small real re meal replacement, healthy afternoon snack, Low glycemic energy boost, very, very important. Pre or post workout, 
and it's got your protein, polyunsaturated fats, B12, iron, magnesium, and more. And that is the truth. And when you look at these bars, you know, you got 260 calories of, you know, a very well-balanced fat, protein, carbohydrate ratio with those minerals. So I'm a fan. I've had them. I've tasted them. They're delicious. You know, I haven't been paid to say any of this. I just really believe in what these guys are putting out and uh, would implore those of you that are, uh, you know, either on the fence or more uh, adventurous with your nutrition choices and want to support something local um, to, to go out and, uh, and try some of these. So that is all we've got for today. For the show notes, you can find everything over at the blog, specifically at brianhardy.ca forward slash quickstart. And uh, Dan, thank you so much for your time, man. This has been fantastic. Thanks a lot, Brian. Um, honestly, great conversation. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, thanks so, so much for having uh, me on. Really appreciate it. Okay. And for everybody listening, have yourselves a fantastic week and keep redefining reality. All the best. Balance on the past said there's no need to ask for more Between the love that we seek and the love that's already there I let it soften my soul and focus my stare I said this life got me by the heart said it's in advice Not too proud to go and seek advice When I know that I really ain't knowing nothing at all Perhaps I do Made a transition and I finally got a clue But I ain't got a clue on what to do When I'm sitting and waiting and forming a plan When I'm taking my life in my hands Said that I am worthy No matter what they say I have purpose When I'm following my dharma and I serve this Well this is what I'm aiming for Everything I need And all that I am grateful for And this is where we find out how to live Make me the trees and I swear that I'll give Everything I can to keep air in your lungs Truth on your tongue, the work is never done Physical and tangible, this love is worthy 
but it's gonna take some work If you're willing and available, there's things that we could learn Between what comes naturally and what you gotta work for Beneath all of that lies the beauty that you live for Believe in the treasures that we all seem to dig for Deep Ninja Health Buddha, you were made to transform So go on with your bad self, put you back into it Go on with your higher self, sweat and blood, prove it If you want it, you can have it Pay your dues, witness magic Wrap it up in a package Give it back to the masses Stay. Yeah. 